when we get there and how things are going to turn out. We like to have at least some uh, some uh, idea of what's going to go on. The thing is, when you look at Scripture, uh, oftentimes when you see God calling people to big things, did I tell the kids to go down service for children's church? Okay. Just saw some kids, I'm like, oh, did I forget? Uh, when God calls us to... Uh, to big things, uh, at least when we look in Scripture, we see that oftentimes He called people to do things that they didn't know how it was going to happen. They didn't know how it was going to work. They didn't even know sometimes how they were going to get there. But God still called them to do those big things. I'll give you a few examples. Noah, God said, hey, build an ark because I'm going to flood the earth. Uh, some believe that at that time, there hadn't even been rain before. That's just kind of the way it was. That there was no rain, and yet God said, "I'm going to I'm going to open up the heavens, and the earth is going to flood." And 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 he he basically said, "No, believe without really knowing what's going to happen." Abraham, he said, "Abraham, your wife and your your uh, your your family, uh, your extended family, and just take off on a journey to the land I'm promising you, and I'll kind of let you know on the way where it is." Man, that, that, that that's got to be. Moses, I mean, God, God told Moses, "Hey, lead these Israelites out of the desert, and I'll, 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 I'll show you where you're going to go. I'll show you how you're going to figure it out." I'm, I, scripture doesn't really say anything about it, but Moses had to be thinking, "How am I going to feed a million people? How am I going to keep them organized? How are we going to get to where God's sending us this this promised land, this land flowing with milk and honey?" God said. Uh, Hey, this is what you're going to do. And so Moses said, okay, God, I'll, I'll do it. Joshua, God, God told Joshua, go in and take the promised land. And, and it was flood season. The, the Jordan River was at flood stage. And, and God said, just march on across that river. And nothing happened until they set foot in the river and then the river parted. And God called him to do something big, but he, Joshua couldn't see how it was going to happen or what was going to happen uh, before it did. And even in the New Testament, Jesus, before he ascended into heaven, spent some time with his disciples. And one of the things he told them was he said, said go, you know, when I go uh, to, to my Father, go back to Jerusalem and wait. Go back to Jerusalem and wait. And you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Just go back and wait. And my, my thought would have been, but how long, Lord? What's going to be the sign? How will I know that I've waited too long? Or... The reality is that when God calls us to something big, oftentimes we don't know how we're going to get there. We don't know what it's going to look like. It may be uncomfortable. We may not have the answers. But God shows up when we need Him to show up. I'm excited today. Uh, Andrea, you can come on up. She was wondering if I was going to have her come up or not. I'm excited today that, that we get to sit down with Miss Andrea and and she's going to share some stories. She's going to tell us uh, about her summer with Casas for Cristo. Uh, she spent uh, all all the summer in uh, in El Paso, most of the summer actually in Juarez, Mexico, working with the ministry we're, we're very familiar with here uh, at at the church. And so today she's going to share some of that. And I hope uh, I hope what she realizes, I hope what you realize that in part uh, what she did was. Uh, go even though she didn't really know what that was going to look like so so i'm just going to ask her some questions here this morning and uh uh and she's going to share some stories with you to, to today first of all 
My, my first question, I'll be, Andrew, have I told you how proud of you I am? A couple times, okay. Okay, we're definitely proud of Miss Andrea and, and, uh, and what she did. So, so my first question, and uh, you've shared it a little bit, but I want you to share with the congregation, why did you, why did you decide when God said go to, to, uh, to Juarez um, uh, and spend your summer there, why, why, did you, why did you go? Why did you answer that call? It should be. Not hang chicken wire for the whole summer. No. That would be no fun. <laughs> <laughs> and so ever since he said that, I just planted a seed in my head, and I had thought about it. And next summer rolled around, and I made a hundred excuses. Oh, I can't do it. I have this class I need to take. I need to work and save for college. College is expensive. And I made a hundred excuses. And that summer went by. Went on another trip. Had another awesome time, and I. Really enjoyed it, and I knew God was calling me to do this. And so then that winter came, and Tim kept talking to me more about it. You know, like, I think, like, why don't you apply and, like, get the ball rolling with this? And I was like, uh, I don't know. So I just kept kind of putting it off. And then it just, it was so apparent to me that I needed to be there, and this is exactly where God was calling me to be. And so I filled out the application. I had an interview. was accepted. And... Then I said, well, I need to think about this a little more. So I thought about it for a couple of days, and then I was I just need to jump both feet in and have some faith. And as soon as I told Casas yes, then every fundraising, everything just started falling into place. And um, the whole summer, it was just so apparent that God, this is where exactly God wanted me to be. Explain just so... Uh... People know, obviously, if you've been on a trip before, you those that have been there before kind of know what this looks like. But explain what you did as an intern, how you got trained, how you led groups, what a typical week looks like. So for training, every intern has, um, we do two weeks of training where we build a house, start to finish, all the interns together, and we um, slow it down a bunch. It takes five days, and so everybody can see all the details and everything that you probably didn't notice and um, just how to like lead teams. And so you have two weeks of that. And then the third week you have a shadow build where you go follow a staff member around and they show you how they like to do it. So if you have any questions, um, you can watch them do it another way and uh, kind of like get a chance to lead like parts of the build without being like completely in charge yourself. And then it's, then you're ready to lead after that. But a typical week usually um, teams come on either Sunday afternoons or uh, Monday mornings, and then you have your build, which most of them are three days, but you guys took two and a half, <laughs> which is awesome. And But some teams take two days or five days, but it just depends on whatever the team wants to do. And then usually Thursday you cross back over into the States, and then um, Friday all the interns work in the office where we – go to the post office, um, clean the warehouses. Um, they're getting ready to start their launch in Nicaragua, so we were packing a lot of connexes and a bunch of odd jobs around the office on Friday. And then the weekends are to yourself, and I slept most of the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> and then Sunday you have church and devotion with all the other interns. 
And don't forget, you got to weed eat a little bit. Oh, too, yeah, and I got to weed eat, which is, weed eating in the desert is way different than weed eating here. <laughs> <laughs> Part of what we're going to do today, uh, I'm also going to invite some people to come up that went on the trip and just uh, share some thoughts with Andrea. So, uh, Miss Rita, you get to go first. Jared, I'm going to go ahead and use the this mic for that. As long as the mic will let you stretch. Okay, I had to write notes because I'm afraid I'm going to probably cry. I'm, I'm not afraid. I know I will. Yeah. Okay. You know how proud and how much you mean to me for me to come up here and talk. She likes it even less than you. <laughs> Zone, but I know you were out of your comfort zone. So if you can go out, you probably can't hear me. Sorry, guys. <clears throat> I'm talking to Andrea anyway. <laughs> um, anyone who went on the mission trip knows how hard the week is and how fulfilling the week is at the same time. But we are all ready to go home after a week because we've worked hard. We're tired. We need to go home. You gave your whole, your whole summer, get it out. And so you sacrifice that whole summer to do what we do in a week, but we come home. Um, when we first started going to Mexico, it was because we wanted our kids to experience a mission trip. We would have loved for our kids to be able to do what you did, but it we weren't really involved with CASAs at that time, so it wasn't, a, you know, available for our children, I guess. Um, so with that being said, I guess you're kind of like one of our kids <laughs> in, a, in a how proud we are of you and how much we would have loved our children to experience what you got to experience. So just with all of that, that's what I want to tell you. <laughs> all right. Um was there a moment, and I, and I, I know there was, so uh, this is kind of a question I know an answer to. Was there a moment when you thought to yourself, what in the world have I got myself into? Or maybe several moments when you thought that. <laughs> the first moment was probably the first week when I literally the whole week I was like, they're going to send me home any day now, like, <laughs> which they don't know, they don't send anybody home. So <laughs> I don't know why I thought that. But I was like, I'm never going to be able to lead a group. I'm never... I don't know how to do this. Like, this is so much information. Like, how does anyone remember any of this? And so I was terrified that whole week. And the second week was better. But the first week, I think I called my mom crying at the end of the week and said I needed to come home or something. <laughs> now, you shared with me what you told Brigham. Brigham, uh, tell me who Brigham is, and then you said something to me that you told him. Oh, Brigham is the um, intern director, so he's kind of like our dad for the summer, but we have heart, um, halfway interviews, and during the halfway interview, I told him that I cried on the work site every day the first week, and he was like, well, I just had no idea. You seemed fine. <laughs> I was dying. <laughs> okay. Um, and you had one other, after your first build by yourself, well, you, you and another intern, I know you told me um, of another moment, too. So it was our first solo build, and we, um, the other intern and I were with were 
I was really close to her, and the week was, the build was going great, everything was fine. The whole time we were, like, waiting for something to mess up, and nothing ever did. And then it came time to test the electrical of the house, which both of us were not comfortable with. And so we sent the team out to the van to plan dedication, but really we just didn't want them to see us mess up. So we were testing the electrical, and we shut all the doors of the house because we didn't want any of them to see us. And we turned everything on, and sure enough, nothing turned on. And so we were like, okay, now what? So we retraced all our steps and couldn't get it, couldn't get it. And eventually one of the staff members was in the area, so he stopped by and he tested it and he had a bunch of electrical tools that we did not have and told us that the extension cord was the problem or something, but we were just, it was awful. We were like, I'm never doing this again. Like, <laughs> this is horrible. I don't know how to do this or fix it. And it, like, it took like an hour to fix it. And so the team finally came back and we we're doing dedication. I was, like just in a bad mood and I was like I just want this dedication to be over and go back to the states like this is awful and as soon as we started um started the dedication we started singing and I immediately just lost it and was in tears of just complete overwhelmed like nothing I do is ever going to be enough like I'm always going to fail I'm always going to be have so many imperfections but it doesn't matter because God loves us as we are. Okay. So that was an awesome moment. And you maybe would answer this later on, but just, just so they know, explain what the dedication is. Um, you reference that just so they understand what the dedication is at the end of the week. So at the end of the build, we um, the local pastor comes and we give the house to the family. And usually we sing a few worship songs and the pastor talks. And then um, the leader of the group um, that came down talks and we give the family the keys um, we nail a plaque on the house to, for the significance of it being done. So that's what you do at the end of every build. And how many, how many houses, um, did you end up working on this summer? I did nine start to finish, but I was in on two others, but I wasn't there the whole entire time. Okay. So tell us a little bit. I know, uh, you got some slides you're going to show, show us. Tell us a little bit about those builds and some of the things that that you took away from each of those uh, weeks. Okay, we can go to the next one. Next slide. There, there we go. So this was the um, training build, our very first week. This week is a big blur. <laughs> <laughs> there is so much this week, but um, this is the first time I actually actually built in Juarez, and I like building in an app better, but this it, the walls were... There were cinder block walls on all three sides of the house, and it was really tight, but um, it was a good time to get to know all the other interns. I showed up late because I had Amanda's um, graduation the day before. So I showed up, and they were pouring the concrete, and I just had to jump right in. <laughs> Can you go to the next one? This is the second training build. Um, we were building for a pastor that he couldn't build his own church because he was paying rent somewhere, so he couldn't afford to build a house. So since he has this um, parsonage next to his church, um, he was able to finish his church, which is the next one. There's um, a picture of the finished um, church that we went and saw at the very end of the summer. So it was really cool to see 
at the beginning of the summer, it was just a few center blocks high, and then we went and saw it at the end, and it's completely finished, and he's having services in it now. This was the third week. This is a group from El Paso, and I was really homesick. I was, have never been away from home this long, and so after this build, um, I started going to church with these people, and it's before I went to church there, we were going to a huge church with like over a thousand people. I felt so out of place. And then after this church came, it's a small church of a couple hundred. And so I started going there. So that really was comforting. Oh, this was, so my shadow build was on the weekend. So during the week I went around to all the other interns houses. And on one of them, there was a guy that rode up and um, on his horse. And I was talking to him and he asked if I wanted on his horse and I was like sure so <laughs> I got on his horse and rode around for a little bit and then there was a little kid watching so I asked the little kid if he wanted to get up there too and so we rode around for a little bit and then um, after we got off the owner was like yeah I'm still kind of training him he's not very good yet <laughs> like oh that would have been nice to know if I invited the kid up here but <laughs> and uh I know your mom was aware of this does Casas have a rule about animals yeah, in Mexico you're not supposed to pet animals in Mexico but I think riding animals is okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those, it wasn't spelled out specifically, yeah. <laughs> you couldn't ride a horse, so that may be a next year's manual for yeah. interns. This was um, my shadow build, or my first solo build. Um, the team was from South Dakota, and they brought down um, 122 people total, and they built 10 houses, which I think is like one of the biggest groups Costas has ever had. And so that was a really crazy week, having so many people there, but that was the, when the electricity didn't work. So this was the week I learned a lot, and it was a really good group. There was a lot of teenage girls on it, so it was cool to, like, show them that, you know, you could do this too. This week was um, really special. It was a It was a group from southern Missouri coming down and they were doing a memorial build for a memory of their daughter that had committed suicide a couple years back and so they were building this house in her honor and um, we had hung pictures of her in between the studs of the house and they wrote her name in the concrete and it was really special and the lady we were building for was eight months pregnant and at the dedication she told the mother of the daughter's name was Rebecca she told the mother that she was going to name her baby Rebecca. So that was a really sweet thing. This is a picture of baby Rebecca. <laughs> <clears throat> this was a group from Montana, a youth group, which was really interesting. <laughs> it was all of them were like sophomores in high school and had never, you know, done anything like this. So they were it took five days which I'm sure it was with the youth group, but it was a really fun group. It was challenging, but it was an awesome week. This was one of the poorest families that I've ever built for. Their house was made of pallets, and it had pizza boxes around the outside. Um, when we showed up to scout the site um, before we built, they told me and the other intern that we must be angels from above. So this is a good week. Oh, in the best week. <laughs> this is Troy. Um, this week was really good because everybody that came was such a hard worker, and all the other interns can attest to that. They were like, I'm glad this is our last team this summer because 
it's going to be hard to follow this one up. Everyone was so hardworking, and we were done by, like, 1 o'clock every day and took two and a half days. So it was so good to see everybody. This was the second-to-last intern build. Um, they kind of saved the worst sites for the interns, like when it's just the interns building because they don't want to give it to teams. So this was, like, literally on a side of a mountain. And all those rocks you see in the front, all where we were going to pour the slab was full of rocks. It took us till 1 o'clock to move them and to get our slab ready. I think we started at, like, 6. And... Um, we had to hand pour all of our concrete, hand mix it all. So all of our on the next picture, you can. So all of our sand and gravel was down on the road, and we had to carry it up all the steps in the hill, and then hand mix all our concrete uh, from one to five in the heat of the day. So that was really tiring because everyone. It's the end of the summer and everyone was tired, but the house got built and it was good um, building with all the other interns again. This is our very last build. We're dumping water on our intern manager <laughs> in this picture. Um, but this is a good week because um, everybody knew that, you know, we probably wouldn't see each other again and we'd probably never all build together like this again and most of us wouldn't ever lead a group again. So it was really good this week and the family was super sweet. They made us breakfast every day and lunch every day. And um, the next picture... The grandma told us um, to call her abuela, which is grandma, and we just got really close to them, and she told us any time you know, we were in town to come back and see her. Um, when we went and visited all the houses we built at the end of the summer, we went back and saw her, and she made us these really good Mexican pizzas. <laughs> and they were just super welcoming, and it was, it was kind of sad because it was our last build, but that was a really good week. Okay, Miss Holly. Mike is over here. I asked Holly if she would, uh, and this is a little bit out of her comfort zone as well, but I asked um, her if she would speak to, to Andrew this morning. Most of our conversations are not in front of a church. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I had to write it all down. I'm going to start with Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls down and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. I told you the day we left Mexico that I thought one of the many reasons that you were called to be there was for me and for all of us back home. My faith grew through watching your faith grow, seeing you put your full trust in the Lord and leave. For three months isn't something I ever really imagined you doing, and I definitely didn't imagine myself spending a week in Mexico. But you did it, and you did so good, and I'm so proud of you. I've seen you grow and change while being in Mexico so much, and I think it's very important that you did do that and that our faith will grow, because us both being in college is going to bring a lot of challenges as anyone our age in this day and age. But like the verse I shared, together we will be fine because our faith has grown and we will be fine together. Without you, I don't know if I would have gone to Mexico, but I am so, so, so thankful I did. My faith grew tremendously, not just seeing and experiencing Mexico, but seeing you trust in the Lord wholeheartedly without any hesitation. I am so proud of you.
besides building with Troy, what was your favorite part of the summer? Um, I like meeting new people, so it was really fun to um, use like the tiny bit of Spanish I know and try to like get to know the families. And then I loved meeting the teams, and I really do like the building process. So it was fun to like um, walk away with like that knowledge and know how to do that. So I love that part. Okay, what was your? I'll kind of lump these two together. I don't know if you have different answers, but what was your least favorite part of the summer or the process? and maybe the hardest part of being an intern? Um, so I didn't have a lot of freedom that I do, like home. I, I wasn't on the insurance, so I couldn't drive in the States. Um, I'm only in Mexico. Hold, hold it. I thought you did. <laughs> I did till I got in trouble, and then I didn't anymore. <laughs> and um, then sharing, there was six girls in a two-bedroom, one-bathroom apartment. And so that was kind of rough. Um, it was... So not everybody that comes down is willing to listen to you, especially if you're a girl. So there is some, it was kind of hard. You had to, you know, like prove it. You you can, people didn't just take your word for it. So that part was a little difficult. Okay, good. What did you learn about yourself? Or what did God teach you? Um, I got a lot of confidence this summer in leading and, um, Knowing the difference between a leader and a boss, you know, like the best way to show people um, is to be an example. And I think that's a way better way to teach people and people listen to you way better. And I would listen to someone better if you practice what you preach. So I learned a lot about that and probably just knowing my own strength and that God's plans way better than mine. Okay, I'm going to have Miss Dana, one last person, come up and and uh, share some thoughts with you and how much we appreciate it. Um, so first that came to mind uh, when Tim asked me to talk to you was, Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each one should use whatever gift he has given, he has received, to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in various forms. So it's a pleasure um, to be able to serve side by side with you for the previous two summers. Um, very evident, uh, your love for others. Huge heart, very compassionate, um, Extremely hard worker. I hope my girls work as hard as you do when they get to be your age. Um, and then really excited when you had asked me to write a reference letter. I remember the summer before last when we were back in the van driving back and you were like, I don't know, maybe I could do this. And I was like, oh, she definitely could do this. <laughs> definitely where God could use her. Um, so then in December when you asked me to write a reference letter, very easy to do. And um, unlike you, I knew you would be accepted. <laughs> I knew without a doubt. Uh, they would be dumb not to take you. Um, so yeah, then getting to see you be a leader um, this summer while we were down there, could definitely see um, a lot of growth. Your confidence had grown. Um, you were, again, super hard worker, but a quiet uh, behind the scenes, always doing whatever somebody asked, and then being able to see you um, step up and 
to really just take the lead, um, to be confident. Um, our group could be a little bit tough. We talked about that <laughs> before it came down of uh, several of us already knew what to do, um, but you did a great job um, administering grace and just uh, having fun. Um, your joy um, just shines through everything you do. And um, our prayer for you is just that you'll um, continue to let God stretch you. I'm excited to see um, where he'll take you. And, um, yeah, we just love you. Well, tell us, you already probably have done this, but maybe you have some more. Tell us some stories uh, that impacted you this summer. Um, a big was was the day that the electrical didn't work. It was... <laughs> It was just such a moment of clarity that, like, coming up for a breath of air, like, God's plan will always be better, and, you know, I could have, you know, spent my summer working, and it's hard to, like, think about that and your regrets, but I wouldn't change a thing. This is exactly what I would have had if I had a choice to go back, but it was, we had a lot of good times with the interns, um, on all our builds together, and then with the staff members, and it was fun all together. I talked to uh, Pastor Ezekiel this uh, this past week. Uh, pastor Ezekiel was the the pastor that had uh, put in the application for both the families that we built for while we were there, and our our team got to know Pastor Ezekiel and and uh, and love him very much. Uh, but I talked to him this week actually about some things for coming up. Um, uh, for later this year and for next year, and uh, and I told him uh, that that you were going to talk to the church today, and so he's supposed to be watching at least part of it, or or maybe we'll later this afternoon. Uh, so say hi to Pastor Ezekiel. <laughs> but uh, uh, he he told me to tell you this that that uh, you were one of his favorite interns, and that you were one of the the best interns that uh, that was there this summer. So I want to pass those words of encouragement on to you. And finally, we'll kind of finish with this. What would you say to someone uh, who's considering interning with CASAs or or some other type of ministry opportunity like this? Well, towards the end of the summer, I was really struggling with, you know, how am I supposed to go back to my regular life? How am I supposed to go back to school and sit at a desk all day and spend all night at the library? Like, what's next? What am I supposed to do now? Because... All my plans I thought I had just don't make sense anymore. And um, the director of CASAS, we went to his house for dinner, and he was talking to us, and he said, um, the best way to know God's plan for you is to get as close to him as you possibly can. And so that's something I've really been thinking about. You know, As long as you're close to God, you're going to be exactly where you need to be. And if you're thinking about an internship, do it. Just go. You won't regret it. You'll enjoy it. There will be hard moments, but you'll enjoy it. The hard moments will be the ones that change you, and you'll grow so much, and it's just really an amazing experience. Tell me, and uh, I, I, I told you I'd add some stuff uh, as we went along. Uh, you told me a story after you got got back, and um, uh, and for me, it evidenced it was proof of, of uh, how God has changed her heart, and how God has given her a different perspective, which really is is the reason we do mission trips, is so that God can change us and and change our perspective on Him and on uh, the world and on other people. And and when you told me this story, you know, it's like 
Yep, yeah, yeah, God, uh, God certainly did something in her, uh, her life this year. But you were telling me uh, at the end of the summer they, did a, they got to go on a retreat. The last couple of days they went to a, uh, to a place, San Antonio, around San Antonio somewhere, and, and spent two or three days together uh, to kind of decompress and, and just actually have a good time and, um, and uh, play on the water and, and do some stuff. But you, you made a comment. I, I don't know if it was you talked about the jet ski or there was something else you talked about. Um, do, you, do you remember what I'm trying to say? Uh, the, basically, you saw it and you thought, oh, with the money this costs, yeah, do you remember what I'm thinking? Yeah. So the average daily wage in Juarez um, couldn't even buy a, like a shy of a bag of cement. So it would literally take like years for these families to be able to have enough money to build a house start to finish. And that's, I mean, it's they're not really in the situation where they can save money for the future. So they're kind of living day to day. So that really, we were at this um He's a big donor to Casas and like a millionaire and he's in the oil business. And I like, it was hard being at his house because it was like, you just see dollar signs everywhere. Like, oh, this kid, had, like, if you sell this boat, it could build like five houses. Like, so it's really changed my perspective on that sort of thing. But. Perfect. Perfect. I want to share just one scripture as, as we wrap up, um, this morning. So Johnny, uh, band, you guys can come on, uh, come on up this morning. Uh, in the book of Isaiah, uh, in chapter six, uh, we we see recorded for for uh, for us there it says, then one of the seraphs flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the with tongs from the altar. With it he touched my mouth and said, "See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away, and your sin is atoned for." Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, "Whom shall I send, and who will go for us?" And I said. Here I am, send me. I thought of that verse, uh, Andrew, when I thought of you and what you've done this summer. Um, you heard God's call a couple years ago, and, and like you said, and you're just like the rest of us. We uh, we can easily find excuses not to do what God's placed on our heart. Uh, reasons to say, nah, not this year. No, not now. I can't handle that. There's no way I can do that. Uh, but instead, you said, here I am, send me. And, and so whatever that might be, um, whatever God might be calling you to, and it may be something small, it may be God calling you to your next door neighbor, it may be God calling you to pray for a, a co-worker, or it may be God calling you to step up at school and, and, and sit by a kid that no one else sits by and share just some compassion with. I don't know what God may be calling you to do, uh, but, but our response needs, needs to be uh, like Andrew's response. Here I am. Here I am. Send me. Would you bow with me? Father, we thank you this morning for, uh, for Andrea's testimony and the work that she did this summer. Father, we are, as a church, so proud of, of her answering your call. Father, we thank you that you've worked in her life and you worked through her life this summer. Lives were changed. Families uh, will forever uh, be changed because of her, uh, the other interns, the CASA staff, and and the ministry of Casas for Christ. So, Father, we pray a blessing on each of the families that she impacted, each family that is in a home that is secure, uh, that, that is locked, uh, a home that will stay cooler in the summer and warmer in the winter than what they were used to. Father, we just pray a blessing on them. 
uh, as Andrea has been that blessing. Father, help us. Uh, let her example be uh, a challenge to us to answer you, here I am, Lord, when you call us to go. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand as we sing this morning?